What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain. It is bright and early, 6 a.m. here in Medellin, Colombia, uh, episode 267. Today, I have James Wo. He is the CEO of DFG, here to talk about some of their strategic investments and what they are doing. James, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good. Thank you. And nice meeting you, everyone. I'm sure it's a pleasure to meet you as well um, and happy to have you here. A bunch of stuff I want to chat with you about. Uh, before we do, tell us, tell the audience and myself a bit more about you. What's your What's your story? What's your background? How did you get into this space? Um, what did you do prior? And what's your journey kind of been like? Sure, happy to do so. So I'm basically an uh, investor in the crypto industry for, for seven years. So uh, before uh, entering the crypto space, I'm just like a... Um, you know, student at university. So I just started trading Bitcoin uh, back to 2013 and 2014. Then I suddenly think this is very, very interesting because the volatility is so high it's compared to the traditional financial industry. So I really decided to start uh, DFG back to 2015. So my family supported me a lot from the very beginning. At that time, they gave me like $20 million to start, uh, just purely investing into different crypto companies. So unlike the other fund, we don't have any outside LPs. So luckily, we've been very early investing into a bunch of active firms, like a company like Brave, Circle, Ledger, Specials. Then after 2017 and 2018, we decided to invest into a lot of layer one protocol, getting pretty early into uh, a few good ones like Polkadot, Near, Solana, and Avalanche. So luckily, we, we've, been, we've been success about uh, doing this investment in both equity and the tokens. Uh, so right, right now, we have managed somewhere like a, a billion dollar, uh, pretty diversified portfolios uh, with a, a lot of assets on the second market, and we keep doing our, our investment. And separately, there's one small fund uh, also established last year together with my schoolmate, Joanna. So we've been, that's called J Square. That's a hundred million dollar uh, fund, also a private company. So we don't raise really LLP, but that fund is uh, more flexible and focused more specifically on their web three adoptions, like here in five metaverse and, and NFT stuff. So that's basically the story about me. Awesome. Awesome. So with DFG, it's an investment firm that you own, correct? Uh, yes. What, what's the primary goal and mission? What do you guys aim to invest in or what do you guys invest in? Yeah, our mission is probably to kind of supporting different great uh, teams and founders in this industry. So we, we think, um, you, you know, this is still at, you know, relatively early stage for crypto industry. Uh, there's tons of things we can do in, in this industry, right? Uh, we can see from the last uh, Boron, you know, not only about the layer one protocols infrastructure, but also different kind of application came up, you know, GameFi, DeFi, NFTs, whatever. All, all these kind of things are more related to people's daily life. So there's a lot of things we can do about about Web3 adoption and cryptos. There has to be a lot of great teams, great founders, establish different kind of projects to do so. So our job, our mission is supporting them. So we, by, by making investment and giving them different resources. So that's where we are right now. So our, our, our goal is like, of course, we want to grow a much bigger, a much, you know, a diversified portfolio, but, you know, supporting them is really the key uh, for us to being very sustainable in, in, in the crypto industry. Do you guys have a plan to grow more? Because you talked about wanting to grow that portfolio. Um, is that just investing in other companies in the space and growing slowly over time? Or do you want to take in outside investment into the company at some point? Um, what do some of those plans look like? 
Yeah, great question. So our, our strategy, I think, uh, make it private is already enough because um, I, I, I think there's a lot of VCs, great VCs, raising a lot of capitals to manage other people's money. But for us, we want to keep it private. Uh, I, I think there are a couple of reasons. The first is AUM already a billion dollars, so it's already big enough for us to manage. Uh, the second is really about, you know, we can make it very flexible about what things we can do. If you're raising outside capital, there's a lot of limitation about, you know, the, you know, the, the period and what kind of things you can invest, right? So this is really uh, good things about making it a private so we can supporting whatever things we want to do. For example, we can buy that on a separate market. In the meantime, we can invest into other kind of uh, project in the private market. So keeping it very flexible is actually good for us and good for us to make different uh, decisions about supporting the project we like. So this is really uh, the plan right now. So we don't have any plan about raising outside capital. Uh, but we are taking a more balanced strategy on the second market and private market. So we are definitely allocating most of our fund on the second market. And uh, but we were also taking a close eye on what kind of things happen in the private market and which one, which you know, active deals we can invest before listing, uh, which token deals we can uh, invest before listing, and then you know, uh, we we, we want to supporting them. So right now we are trying to uh, supporting uh, less team. Uh, but increase our ticket size and try to get more involvement into the project we like. So this is really our st strategy is like a slightly different than than the last uh, last bull market. Awesome. Yeah, I also saw that you guys invest pretty heavily into the Polkadot ecosystem more or less than anywhere else. Is it because of a personal interest? Do you like that ecosystem the best? Um, is it just happenstance? Why invest so much in Polkadot in their that ecosystem what they're building over there yeah great question so for for us i think um we were definitely the top two institutional investing in the popular space you know i i i believe you know both dfg and the polychain are really very happily involved in the out uh, uh i just want to say uh, on the on the layer one side on the infrastructure side there's two things which make a lot of sense and are, are crucial to the industry was the you know the uh, uh, you know one is definitely you know scalability issue right so people are trying to solve the scalability issue from all the time right for the 2017 uh we, we have a lot of uh you know uh, uh coins try to fork bitcoin and ethereum try to solve their uh you know the scalability uh, issues of bitcoin and ethers and also in the last ballroom we also have solana's avalanche and then layer two is trying to solve the problem so that's one dimension that we can be focused on with the scalability issues which is definitely important to the crypto industry but the other dimension is really i believe most of people today is uh, agree with the multi-chain future and you know a lot of change should coexist for a long time so how to solve the interoperability between the chains uh by the way how to uh, solve you know uh how to find out the great cross-chain solutions really also the importance uh the other important dimension of the crypto industry so we can see cosmos and Polkadot are definitely you know uh two potential solutions right now so on that dimension which which is important and Polkadot have very good fundamentals great teams great technology and you know i, I think that's what's invest uh what's investing at, le at least was taking a look and was investing so that's really uh the from uh, 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 the whole picture about infrastructure and layer ones, why we bullish on Polkadot. Uh, separately, I think, um, you know, the good thing is tech is uh, definitely very, very strong. 
team or uh, parity team and website foundation definitely very strong among all the layer one protocols. Uh, the downside for Polkadot is probably the learning curve of Substrate, right? It, it, it is actually slightly difficult for a new developer to learn in Substrate. So that's one uh, barrier for that. The other is really about the, you know, the economy cost, right? If you, uh, you know, running for a parachain, then it costs you some money. So these are two the barrier, but compared to what is, uh, what, is, what is good for Polkadot about its vision and about ability to realize a vision, I think these two are small things. So that's why from a whole picture, we are still bullish on this protocol. Got it. Makes a bunch of sense. Um, when you guys are looking to make an investment into a project, how, what metrics do you guys use to filter out these companies? Because there's so many of them, so many startups, so many projects. How do you guys or what do you guys use to filter these companies and projects and startups in your minds to determine if it's a good investment or not a good investment? Do you have a strategy for that? Yeah, thank you. Great question. Uh, I, I think for us, we, um, I, to be honest, I, I, at this stage, I think the quality of the project we see is much higher than the bull market because the bull market, there's plenty of different kind of projects. You, you cannot tell whether that's a good project or not. There are so many projects can raise a lot of money. So it's very hard for even us, of course, like retail investor to tell what's, whether that's a good project or not, right? So, but right now, since very few projects can raise enough funds, so that's really increased a lot of, it increased a lot for the quality of the project these days. So I'm happy to actually see that. Uh, for us, I think, um, the first criteria is, um, of course, there's a lot of people will talk about team, about product, about others. The, I mean, the first criteria for me today is really whether you do the project, whether what you do, does that make sense at all? So that's really the first criteria. You know, it, 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 if you are doing something which even doesn't make any sense, maybe you are finding some angles in the industry, but that doesn't make any sense in the long term, then it's not going to work out. So that's really the number one criteria here. What you should should do is, is making sense. The second is really uh, about innovation. So whether you do is, you know, you're just trying to, um, you know, using the existing model and trying to, you know, competing with the top player uh, in this, you know, in, in this specific sector with the resources and product you have, that's going to work, but you have to go become the top three in, 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 in this sector, then it will, you know, kind of give you a lot of return, right? But if you enter into a sector which has been verified, then it's easy to calculate whether it's a good investment or not. But usually th this type of investment is more stable, but not going to give you a very, a high return. The other uh, investment we do is slightly more risky, which is, you know, you are doing something which makes sense, but the business model haven't been verified yet. So this is really something very, very interesting. You know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, great kind of project in the last border, like Axie, like Stefan, uh, this type of investment. You know, the, the business model hasn't been verified, but it makes sense. Uh, they're super risky. Maybe you know, one of the 10 will be successful, then how to define this kind of project and whether this will uh, succeed is, is really something, you know, worth thinking about. So all these, all these two types of investments make sense for us. For us, we were taking a more balanced strategy. Investing into both type of the, uh, the, the product, 
but just you know trying to balance a little bit, not just investing one type of them. So this is really our our strategy these days as an investor. But I really suggest people to figure out you know which type of things you are doing right now. So in in these two categories. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, good good breakdown of it as well. Because there's always a lot of dynamics that you got to look at when you're investing into someone or in, into a project or into something specific. Um, and, and just vetting them in, in general, it's really important. What about crypto more specifically? Like, do you guys invest directly into the tokens or the coins as well? Uh, do you do you hold positions in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, stuff like that? Or do you just focus on investing into the companies? How diverse are you? Yeah, we, we, we will do both equity and tokens. A uh, lot of VCs right now these days, they are not doing equity deals unless they are giving a token warrant, but we are different. Uh, if you are doing uh, CFI license stuff just with Active, maybe go to this like Coinbase or Circle, that, that works for us. We'll invest as well. But we are definitely more interested in investing to tokens. Uh, definitely we are holding a lot of um, coins on the second market like Bitcoin, Ether, uh, even Grayscale, uh, Bitcoin as GPTC, we are holding that as well. And of course we are holding a lot of thought. Uh, so our strategy is trying to uh, kind of be more diversified since we're already rich that level trying to be more diversified, investing to whatever makes sense in, in the crypto industry. I think that's, that's going to help us in the health industry as well. Why do you think VCs aren't investing into you know crypto coins as much, but you guys are? Well, what's the difference? Why don't they do it? Yeah, I think the first is about, you know, uh, one one you know, obvious difference, we don't have LPs, they, they have LPs, right? So they have different terms about what things they can do, right? Maybe, you know, they are raising a token fund, they tell their LPs, I'm going to invest into tokens. So this is really their terms. So we are being flexible about what we can do. So this is really one obvious uh, difference about about inv uh, investing to different type of project. Uh, the second is really about the size of the fund. If you're raising like a you know, only 30 or $50 million fund, then it probably makes sense for you to just invest into tokens. You know, because RTD are usually, you know, uh, they are really, uh, really giant, like players can 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 survive in the market. So multi-billion dollar company, they are raising like $100 million or more. But it doesn't make a lot of sense for this small fund to kind of, because you know, for the small fund, the growth is really the most important thing. So liquidity is important. So they probably will focus more on, on, the, on the token investment. So I think these two things are really different. One is about the term, and the second is really about the size of the fund. Okay, got it. Are you guys domiciled in Singapore or somewhere else? Oh, we've been we've been like decentralized. I, I guess oh, our okay. team is yeah, uh, but our headquarters is here. I'm here, but I have a team. Oh, we we got a team in US, uh, China as well, and uh, you know, uh, Dubai as well. So we've been pretty decentralized i would say so do you not have a physical company for this or is it all decentralized oh physical company we do have an office in singapore we do okay. have physical companies but our team is just decentralized is it pretty open in singapore to have a firm or a fund like this to invest into crypto and is it have you faced any kind of pushback or or is there any issue doing it there like taxes or regulations or anything that kind of holds you back versus maybe like the u.s or another major country a uh, great question i think overall speaking singapore is very friendly to crypto uh so uh, i mean two 
you know, cities in Asia, one Singapore, one Dubai, these are very, very friendly to crypto, which is, which are very, very smart, I would say. Uh, for us, we don't have a problem like that because we are more like a family office, so we don't raise any outside LP. If you are raising outside fund, uh, probably you're gonna, you know, get a license in Singapore, then operating fund, that's a much smarter way to do that. For us, we don't have a problem like that. Uh, but I would say, you know, um, you know, Singapore is really a good place for crypto and for, for fun. So if you're operating a crypto fund, you're interested in doing that. I mean, Singapore is definitely one choice for you. Okay, so you don't need a license if you're doing it as a family office, correct? Yeah, we don't need a license. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and you guys maybe at some point plan to open it up to outside money because you guys want to grow or do you want to keep it as you know small as possible or with you know internal funds? Yeah, I, I think at this stage or in the next few years, I don't think we are going to raise any outside capital because we just want to uh, be very, very flexible about what we can do and the size of fund already big enough for us to manage. So that's really the plan right now. Okay, got it. Um, one more question. We'll start wrapping it up. But what do you think the, in your guys' opinion, since you guys are the ones investing in this industry pretty heavily, um, what is your outlook on the the markets right now within the crypto space. Um, it's been a crazy nine or 12 months. Um, you know, it's seen all time highs. It's, you know, a lot of things have come down 80, 90% in some situations. Um, is this cyclical to you guys? You think that it's just, you know, you know, go back up at some point and, you know, things go through cycles. Is this one different in any kind of way? Um, and then what are some of the drivers do you think that are pushing it down or that could push it up in the near future? Yeah, great question. I, I think this is the third bear market I have right now. So we've been seeing, you know, you know, Bitcoin and Ether down like 95% for the last bear market, uh, for the previous bear market. So it's, we, we, you know, we, we see that. So we, we're okay with it. Um, I, I think, you know, the, based on the previous experience, the bear market, you know, the bull market circle, bear market circle, it's all about two years, right? So, you know, if you're using the previous experience, it's all about two years. But I think things are slightly different here for the, this bear market, because I think crypto industry overall become much bigger. So it's the correlation between, you know, the overall, the monetary policies and economies and the crypto industry become much stronger. So, you know, it, 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 you know, one part of the, uh, trigger is of course what kind of innovation we have in the crypto industry. What kind of problem, like your you know scalability issues, whatever the problem of layer one protocol we can we can solve. They increase a lot of the uh, you know kind of uh, you know ability for 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 the infrastructure of crypto, right? So this is really uh, one part of the trigger is really the crypto itself, how good it develops. The other is really about the overall economy. Uh, right now these days you. you, you you know, if Fedder is being aggressive, then, you know, it's pretty hard for crypto to uh, have a bull market very soon. My predictions, I'm, I'm actually more bullish in, in the market than other people. My prediction is the second half of next year, we will probably see the beginning of the bull market. That's my prediction. But of course, I can be wrong. No, no, no. I think you might be right about that. I think sometime middle to late next year is, you know, when things will really start to turn around again, because we've already been, you know, down for the past year and a half. So, you know, if it's two year cycle, we're fairly into that already. So I wouldn't be surprised to see things at least bottom out and start to find like some even ground for a while. Um, 
What about the upcoming Ethereum merge? Do you guys have any opinions on, you know, what effect that could have on the market? It's pretty significant because you're talking about a $19 billion mining industry predominantly on the Ethereum network that is now um, going to either implode or move somewhere else. And then Ethereum being able to have more uh, TVL, T total value locked on their chain, could be a really big thing. It could be a, a non-nomer. It could, you know, who knows what happens, but it's going to be very interesting come middle of September. Any thoughts on that event and if it's significant or not? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of, on a tech side, it's going to be very smooth, I think, because it, it's just easy, right? So mm -hmm. if you check the code of the uh, SN 2.0, it should be easy. So I, I, I'm pretty sure on the tech side, it should be very, very smooth. Uh, the problem is, uh, of, of course, I mean, on the, on the, uh, on the token side, I think, um, uh, I, I think the, the you know one direct impact is like we don't have the uh, miners dump the coins right once they mining the coins they dump the coin so uh, we got a lot of you know Ethereum going to lock into the kind of different node and that will kind of also reduce the sales sale pressure of of Ethereum network so this is really a very very positive I think uh, kind of signal for the for the Ethereum network and uh, the whole market. The problem is, like, since we are overall in a bear market, then it is it's already the the good news, the good signals pressed in in the last kind of bounce back of the Ethereum price. That's really the things we need to think about. Got it, got it. Um, where can people go to follow what you guys do with uh, DFG and your you guys' portfolio and your investments? Do you guys have a community? Can they just go to the website? Uh, where do you want to direct people? Uh, yes, uh, you can always reach out to uh, DF DFG by, uh, by, by Twitter or by myself. So myself is easy, uh, at Real James Wall on Twitter, uh, Telegram, you can always reach out to us, or you can send an email to uh, uh, DFG website, uh, to DFG, uh, that's on the uh, website, uh, this uh, www.dfg.group. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Guys, go check out DFG. Go check out James. Make sure to like the video and subscribe uh, if you haven't already. James, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Um, been fantastic. Really appreciate it, especially the time there and the time here. Um, and um, yeah, keep us posted on everything you guys are doing, new investments, new things added to your portfolio, new thoughts on the industry and the market. We'd love to have you on again in the future. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, anytime. Uh, take care. Have a good evening and let's talk soon. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.